Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Are you looking to wager on all the big games in sports? Well, I have great news for you. Bet Online, they are the number one source for all your sports betting this season, from the NFL playoffs to pro and college hoops and UFC and more. You'll always find the latest odds, team matchup info, player news, and game trends at Bet Online. Hey, listen, all you have to do is head on over to betonline.ag. That's betonline.ag, or use your mobile device to join and receive your 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Make sure to use our promo code BELIEVE to receive your rewards. That's BELIEVE, B-L-E-A-V. BetOnline is truly the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite leagues and events. BetOnline.ag where the game starts. Before sunrise, Burn Dairy and Deli is preparing to fuel your day with hot coffee, donuts, muffins, breakfast sandwiches, and other morning staples. For lunch, grab a giant deli sandwich made the way you like it. Pizza, wings, wraps, or a fresh salad. Plus, something to wash it down. Then pick up dinner or a sweet treat and other pantry essentials. Now you can get your Burn Dairy and Deli favorites delivered with DoorDash. All day, every day, you can count on Burn Dairy and Deli. It's all good. Here at the ML Sports Platter, we pride ourselves on talking about a little bit of everything in the sports world. There may be off-seasons for your favorite leagues and teams, but there's no downtime, right? Free agent signings, coaching changes, draft picks, and more mean there are always stories to tell. I learned so much about sports reporting and storytelling during my time at St. Bonaventure University, including how to find the most interesting stories. SBU has a long-standing reputation for training future journalists, including myself, Woj, Donna DeTota, Mike Vaccaro, and more, and this reputation continues with its online Master of Arts in sports journalism. This entirely online degree option builds podcasting, interviewing, and research skills needed in a changing media landscape. Students learn how to follow high professional standards as they tell nuanced stories about the sports we love. You don't even need to have any writing or broadcasting experience to start this program, just a passion for the profession. Pretty simple, pretty cool. SBU doesn't require an application fee or GRE or GMAT score, making it easier to apply. And how about this? Students can complete this program in less than two years while learning important lessons in sports journalism from experienced faculty and accomplished alums. Contact an enrollment advisor today at sbujournalism.com to learn more about St. Bonaventure's sports journalism program. That's sbujournalism.com. Hi, this is Bob Costas, and you're listening to the ML Sports Platter. The ML Sports Platter is back with you all over the major platforms. Go ahead and download, subscribe, rate, and review. We are brought to you by Burn Dairy, Welch and Company Jewelers, Stanley Law Offices, and our great friends over at Camillus Golf Club. And make sure you pick up your membership today to Camillus Golf Club. 2023 memberships are available. CamillusHillsGolfClub.com. That's CamillusHillsGolfClub.com. So this is going to be just a complete wall-to-wall NFL episode. I'm going to recap the divisional round, um, and then I'm going to preview the championship uh, uh, games coming up this Sunday uh, in the NFL, where I don't think there's any doubt about it that um, you know the four best teams are there. Uh, let's go back though to Saturday uh, last weekend. We're, this is going to be a quick recap type of a thing because I want to spend more time kind of previewing. And plus, if I preview the championship games, I don't have to talk about the Bills. You know, half the episode. Um, Chiefs beat the Jaguars twenty-seven to twenty. I feel like this game probably would have been a little bit bigger of a gap for the Chiefs had Mahomes not gotten injured. Um, you know, playing 50%, Patrick Mahomes is still better than probably every quarterback in the NFL except maybe five or six. 
Um, he is just an absolute magician, just a wonderful player to watch. He's so good. And this team continues to roll at Arrowhead. 14-3 and in the regular season, 7-1 and at home. They win another playoff game at home. And oh, by the way, their fifth straight AFC title game. Now is the time for the Kansas City Chiefs to win another Super Bowl if they want to start kind of throwing around the D word, right? I know Michael Wilbon at PTI continues to say dynasty of one, but here they are again. And I've said it about teams in the past, like the Tampa Bay Lightning when they went to three straight Stanley Cups, the Warriors in, in the NBA, uh, a, a ton of other uh, examples lie out there. But the Chiefs, it's very, very simple with this team. If they can win another Super Bowl, it makes the trips to the AFC title game look pretty good. It makes the, the trip to the Super Bowl where they lost look even better because you have more Super Bowls. That's kind of how this thing works. Like, you were knocking on the door all these times. Well, how many did you win? And if it's, well, they only won one or they only won none. But if it changes to, well, they won two or three, and then all those other times they were only one victory or two victories away from winning it all, I don't know. I, those AFC title game representations and, and certainly the Super Bowl looks a lot better. Uh, I credit Jacksonville. They had a wonderful year. They had a wonderful year. I, I know they only finished 9-8 and eight in the regular season, but to win the South, to get out of that Urban Meyer era, Doug Peterson, certainly the guy for the job. Travis Etienne Jr., healthy, really, really good um, all year long. Uh, playmakers, great offseason. Zay Jones, Christian Kirk, uh, all those guys had really nice years. Uh, their defense is developing into just a, a, a wrecking crew. I think if they can add a couple more pieces, you know, around Josh Allen and Devin Lloyd, um, I, I think they could be absolutely de devastating. Trayvon Walker, uh, all those guys were great, but you just can't slow down the Chiefs at Arrowhead, man. You can't do it. Patrick Mahomes' numbers, again, were not unbelievable, but, you know, they were good enough. And with two touchdowns thrown, and uh, certainly Henny is one of the best backups in the NFL. Uh, Pacheco was great, Kelsey was great, and then everybody else kind of spread the wealth, and then the Chiefs made a ton of plays on defense. Uh, that defense has gotten better and better through time. Uh, they picked up a couple of sacks, they picked up an INT. So Kansas City marches on, tell me if you've heard that before, uh, to their fifth straight AFC title game. Eagles over the Giants. This game just wasn't close, 38-7. to uh, Jalen Hurts looked really good, really healthy, and the Eagles heard about it all week long when they had the bye week. Giants are dangerous. Giants, divisional game. Are the Eagles good? Is he healthy? You know, do we even know what this team's going to bring to the table? Well, they pushed the Giants around, complete and utter domination, 38-7. to This game was over at halftime. It felt like it was over at the end of the first quarter, but it was definitely over at halftime, 28-0. They end up winning 38-7, to and every facet of the game, it was just a complete joke. The Eagles' defensive and offensive lines completely dominated in this game. Um, statistically, you didn't see a ton of, out of the Eagles that you would go nuts about, except for the ground game. They were really able to establish the ground game. Three touchdowns on the ground. They had 268 yards rushing. That is a ridiculous number. And from there, Jalen Hurts was able to do enough, throwing two touchdowns, one to Goddard, one to Smith. And, uh, you know, the Eagles the Eagles uh, rolled, and their defense was out of this world. The Giants' offensive line needs a ton of work. Five sacks for the Eagles. They had an interception on Daniel Jones. He looked human. And if you're looking for a silver lining, if you're a Giant fan, don't go to Mike Francis's Twitter feed, okay? Listen to me right now. The Giants had a great year. The Giants, I had them pegged as a 4-5 or five win football team. They went 9-7-1 and, and made the playoffs and won a playoff game 
in the first year with Joe Shane as GM and Brian Dable as head coach. I don't know if Daniel Jones is a long-term answer. They might have to add some more pieces. Saquon Barkley might not be in a Giants uniform next year, but the Giants have turned a little bit of a corner here. They've arrived a little bit early, and if you're a Giant fan, I think you have to feel pretty darn good about yourself, really. I mean, the Giants had a wonderful, wonderful year. Bengals beat the Bills 27-10. This game felt like a 40-point win for Cincinnati. It was so easy in the beginning. It was the Bengals, you know, the Bills won the toss. They defer the kickoff. The Bengals get it. They drive it right down, touchdown. Bills three and out. Bengals drive it right down, touchdown. And there were chunks of yards everywhere, whether it was Mixon running it and he had another 100-yard game, Joe Burrow getting it out super, super fast uh, to his guys in terms of Chase Higgins, Boyd, Hurst, all, all these guys. Everybody was open. The O-line was down three guys. They had a fourth guy get hurt, and they rolled still. It did not matter, and I'm sure that they heard during the week about all the stuff about the Bills, and Demar Hamlin's going to be in the house, and uh, the Bills are the six-point favorites, and uh, it's Buffalo's time, and it's, it is not Buffalo's time. It is Cincinnati's time and Kansas City's time again. The Bills are a good team. They're a really good team, but once they get to a certain point in the playoffs, they get exposed, they get outcoached, they get outplayed, they get outworked. And I don't understand why in the world they didn't have the energy in this football game. Matt Milano alluded to it in the postseason addressing the Buffalo media. He said, we just lacked energy out there. In the divisional playoff, you lacked energy? Wow. How do you explain that? Is that coaching? Is it the players being hung over four times a week this week? I mean, what, what was it? And the Bengals just absolutely pummeled the Bills in every which way. And I don't even really blame Josh Allen for this game that much. Um, you know, I'm here to tell you that Josh Allen, um, you know, most of the time, and he's only played in, you know, what, 18, 19, 20. I mean, he's only played in, what, five postseasons, um, you know, or four postseasons. Um, you know, Peyton Manning, Drew Brees, some of these other guys we've seen through the history of the game, they haven't gotten to you know, uh, uh, they didn't get to a Super Bowl until their age 27, 28 seasons. So Josh Allen still has some time here. Obviously, the window got a little tighter uh, losing this game, but Josh Allen's 26 years old. He's a great player. I don't think he's Burrow. I don't think he's Mahomes, but he's he's obviously right, you know, next in line probably uh, after those two guys. But he had no help. I mean, the few throws he tried to make to people, you know, when Stephon Diggs was crying during the game and, and, and bitching and moaning at Allen, was it more directed at Ken Dorsey's play calling? I have no idea. But the th the fact of the matter is Josh Allen was under duress the entire football game, the entire game. And Stephon Diggs might have had a couple more catches if he had some freaking time, but he didn't have any time. He had no time. I mean, he was under duress. It was early in the game where he overthrew Diggs. He had a guy right in his face. I mean, there were people pulling at him, grabbing him, hitting him from every angle. Um, and the offensive line needs to be addressed. I would tell you that the Bills, right now, in 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 this order, I think they got to find offensive line help. I think they got to find safety help. I think they got to find another linebacker. I think they got to find another edge rusher. And I think they need to find a running back. And I think they need to find a wide receiver. No big deal, right? I mean, yeah, maybe they go out in free agency and sign a couple people on the cheap. Uh, they do have a couple people who are still kind of under contract and all the rest, but Devin Singletary ran it for 24 yards in the divisional playoff, okay? He had it six times. The Bills went away from the run sometimes. James Cook, five carries, 13 yards. Josh Allen, eight carries, 26 yards and a touchdown. He was a leading rusher. What did it do for him? Nothing. The Bills lose. They're finished. Their Super Bowl dreams are dead, and they have a lot of work to do. 
And I question a lot of things on that team. I question Aaron Cromer, the offensive line coach. I question Eric Washington, the defensive line coach. I question the offensive coordinator and Ken Dorsey. I question Sean McDermott. I question Leslie Frazier. And maybe, 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 okay, the Buffalo Bills might want to have a little bit of a defensive philosophy change because they're going with this whole, if I have to hear Tony Romo on a broadcast one more time say, you know, two safeties high, two safeties high, uh, everybody's running this two safety high look, Jim. Um, you know, yeah, they are to take away the big play. But a lot of these teams who are able to play that are also able to stay in front of people and uh, fill gaps, fill lanes, and the Bills can't do that. The Bills with the two safety high look and all the rest and playing that you know extended mammoth zone, maybe it's time for a little philosophy change because when they played man, they played better in this game. And I've been yelling from the hills for that without especially Micah Hyde and Jordan Poyer in there together. Poyer got hurt in this game. We'll see if that's his final uh, game as a bill. He collided head-to-head with uh, Trey White. That was an ugly deal there late in the game. Um, was it a good season for the Bills? I don't know. Maybe it's a decent season for anybody who didn't have Super Bowl aspirations, right? I mean, let's be honest right now. The Bengals and the Chiefs, both Super Bowl aspirations. The Bills, uh, the 49ers, and, and, and we know that they're still alive. I'll get to them in a minute. But the Bills, I mean, from the standpoint of Super Bowl expectations, it was a disappointment. But this stuff with Super Bowl or bust, folks, it takes so many things to win a championship. I mean, there are still 12 teams in the NFL that haven't won a Super Bowl. That's almost half the league. You do not find that in a lot of the other pro leagues. You just don't. 12 teams have not yet to win a a, a Super Bowl. And the Bills are one of them. The Bengals are one of them. You know, I mean, I can go on down the line. um, And now the Bengals have an opportunity to cut that, you know, to 11. And and frankly, I got to tell you, I hope they do. I really do. I hope Cincinnati wins the Super Bowl. They are a wonderful team. They're well-coached. They've gone into hostile territories now in, in back-to-back years and beaten Casey and Buffalo. Joe Burrow's a ninja. Joe Mixon's a beast. Chase Higgins and Boyd represent the best core of wide receivers um, in the NFL. The defense is full of, and you know what? The secondary is terrible for Cincinnati. The Bills were not able to expose that. Uh, but Cincinnati has you know bookend defensive ends. They've got Sam Hubbard. They have Trey Hendrickson. All they do is make plays. Uh, the linebackers are fast, furious, and lateral, and in north-south kind of, you know, and very, very quick to get to their spots. But that secondary is brutal, and the Bills couldn't do anything about it. Now, one final thing, very surprising to me, uh, Matt Milano's comments about not having a lot of energy. I don't think Matt Milano, I think Matt Milano is making a general assessment about the team because I don't think Matt Milano belongs in that discussion about what he said about the club because Matt Milano had ten tackles total. Seven solo, one sack, right, on that blitz, right? That was the only sack of the game of Joe Burrow because they couldn't get to him because he was just getting rid of the ball so fast. And the offensive line just was mauling the Bills' defensive line. Um, But Matt Milano, I don't know, man. And then he batted the ball out of Jamar Chase's hand. It would have been a touchdown. The Bills held him to a field goal. Um, You know, but the Bills couldn't stop this team, um, you know, to save their lives. Um, When you look at the, the, the team stats, it's an absolute joke. First downs, 30 to, 14, uh, 30 to 18 with the Bengals uh, with the edge. Six for 10 on third down. Bills were four for 12. 412 to 325 in yards. Um, it, it, it was just, it was a beatdown. It really was. And it felt like more than 17 points. It felt like more than 10 at the half. Um, you know, the Bills had an opportunity, you know, down 17 to 10 on defense to get a stop on uh, or 17 to 10. Third and 10 was the count for the Bengals. And the Bills just completely laid an egg. I mean, there's just no other way to shake it down 
um, you know, they leave Hayden Hurst wide open. I, it was just constant, constant, constant plays like that. And, um, you know, the Bills just didn't get it done, um, you know, from, from, from either side of the ball. And, uh, you know, it was very disappointing. The home field stuff, the snow, can we please stop talking about it? It just doesn't matter with the Bills. It might matter for other teams, but, you know, the Bengals went in there and, and took care of business. And uh, it's going to be a long, long, long ass offseason in central New York. One more game, it would turn into a defensive game and really a game where I think we kind of looked at it and went, yeah, one team has Mike McCarthy and Dak Prescott and the other one doesn't. <laughs> and the Cowboys, I cannot believe that they paid Dak Prescott elite quarterback money. He is so bad. He threw multiple picks. He should have thrown five in this game. C.D. Lamb had a fairly good game statistically, but the 49ers pushed him around. It was only a seven-point win, and this game was nick and tuck, nip and tuck and field goals back and forth and all the rest, but it was about the 49ers making more plays on defense, winning the battles, winning the physicality, winning the strength. Fred Warner's a monster. Uh, Al Shire's a monster. I was watching this. Dre Greenlaw's a monster. Nick is a monster. All, they have so many great defensive players. They have the best defensive uh, core in the league. And I was watching this game, and I've seen plenty of San Francisco during the year, but not just sitting and really watching them and their defense operate for a, a big chunk of a game. And I, I did that, you know, mid to late second. I was so busy around the house trying to do stuff. My phone died, so I couldn't watch it on the app. I was still pissed about the Bills game, all this stuff going on. <clears throat> and so I said, yeah, I'll just I'll wait in second quarter. So I flip it on. It wasn't, I was like, oh, this is a this is a barn burner, huh? Um, you know, ended up being 9-6 at the half. Then I really zeroed in. And the 49ers defense is just absolutely incredible. I mean, they move all around. They get to the quarterback. They stuff the run. They do so many unbelievable things on the defensive side of the football. It makes the offense completely and utterly just baffled and 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 flustered. And God, they're really good. They're really good. They really are. And uh you know, they got just enough out of Brock Purdy. It almost kind of looked like a system quarterback situation there. Uh, Receiving-wise, George Kittle, great game. Um, you know, the Niners shared the wealth on the ground a little bit with 113 total yards. Christian McCaffrey, 10-35 and 35 and a touchdown. Elijah Mitchell, 14-51. and 51. Um, You know, they got a little bit out of Samuel uh, and a couple of others, including Brock Purdy. Um, but that's another thing. I was, I was watching this game, and I'm like, you know, the Bills went into this year as a Super Bowl contender. They had an opportunity but said no to it in acquiring Christian McCaffrey. Now, listen, I see both sides of it. I see taking a chance because your window's here. You're a Super Bowl contender. You can't run the ball as it is. He could be a breakout X factor. You can use him in the screen game, and the run game. Holy cow, this guy could be it, right? He could be it. The, the, the person Brandon Bean's been looking for, they've been trying to draft people. They thought maybe they had that in Jamison Crowder in the slot position um, to help out and start and, and, and provide depth for people behind him. But then he gets hurt for the year. Uh, they thought maybe they had it with James Cook drafting the rookie out of Georgia. Not the case. Um, you know, maybe that guy was Christian McCaffrey. Maybe the Bills should have just said, screw it. We're giving the kitchen, we're giving the entire kitchen sink to, the, for, to, to, to Carolina for this guy. And we're going to try to see if he's the main difference in the X factor on offense. The barn burner to the end zone. Great receiving back. He can run the football. He can help Josh. Just a thought, you know. I, but I can see the other way because all the guys Ben has hurt, you know, his freaking entire career. I mean, that's all that guy has done is just he's just been injured. But um, this is a dangerous, dynamic, incredible football team in every way, shape, and form. The 49ers are the most complete team in football for my money. And, uh, 
the NFC title game should be an absolute blast in Philadelphia this coming Sunday. Speaking of which, I'm going to break down Bengals Chiefs and uh, 49ers Eagles, AFC and NFC title tilts. All of that is coming up next here on the ML Sports Platter, brought to you by Stanley Law Offices and Burn Dairy. ML Sports Platter back with you, brought to you by the Vince Aguirre Consulting Group and our good friends over at the Allen Angus Pub before and after all the big events in central New York. If you're in and around the area, crunch hockey, Syracuse basketball, concerts and entertainment, get on over to the Al and Angus Pub, allenanguspub.com. Um, so NFC game first, 49ers, Eagles, clearly the two best teams in the NFC. And again, there's no doubt in my mind that the four best teams are in the championship games. Um, I think these two, these teams are all, you know, like tip of the cap to a lot of teams that actually made the playoffs, uh, took, you know, an, a step in the right direction, blah, blah, blah. But the reality is these teams are superior to those other teams. These are the elite teams in the NFL. When you get to the when you get to the title game, you're elite. The top four teams are elite. And then you have great or close to great, very good, whatever good. Uh, but the elite, they're in the, they're in the title games for, for that season for that specific season. Who who are the elite teams in the NFL? These four. 49ers Eagles is going to be an unbelievable war of attrition. Uh, line of scrimmage is going to be crazy, amazing, right? Back and forth. The 49ers and Eagles have two tremendous offensive lines. And when you look at how the Eagles push people around, um, you know, that is really going to be a fascinating thing to watch in terms of their offensive line going up against the best defensive line uh, in the NFL. They have got awesome players, man. Jason Kelsey, the veteran, at center is just incredible to watch. He is such a great player. Uh, Lane Johnson, offensive tackle, we know he's been doing damage his entire career. So that chess match is going to be unbelievable with the blitzing and the scheming by the 49ers and Nick Bosa and all the rest going up against those big-time linemen. Um, you know, and then on the other side, the Niners offense, you know, trying to protect uh, against guys like Brandon Graham and, uh, you know, Fletcher Cox and Jordan Davis and all these guys for the Eagles. That's going to be another chess match. Uh, you got a lot of playmakers in this game. Uh, it might come down to Hertz versus Purdy as far as the quarterback play is concerned. Uh, but a lot of star power, uh, in this game. Um, a lot of, uh, uh, I think coaching schemes, Sirianni and Shanahan, it's going to come down to a lot of that. Um, I think it's going to be about three things in this game. It's going to be the war of attrition at the line of scrimmage, both sides of the ball, right? Offense for the nine, offensive line for Niners against Eagles defense and vice versa. I think that's the big thing, the line of scrimmage situation. What team can establish the run hardcore? Because you saw what the Eagles did when they run the football like that against the Giants and what it can do in terms of giving, you know, taking pressure off Jalen Hurts. You know, the 49ers are kind of the same way. I mean, Kyle Shanahan loves to run the ball. He's got Mitchell. He's got McCaffrey. He wants to run play action with Purdy. Um, you know, they, these two teams kind of almost mirror each other in, in a weird way. They've got kind of some agile, mobile quarterbacks. Um, you know, so I think it'll come down to the run game. And then from there, I think it'll be, and maybe a couple more things will be the turnover battle. And then I think the quarterback play, I think the quarterback play, depending on how much help they can get from the ground game will dictate who wins this game. And I am going to pick the 49ers to go into Philadelphia and win the game. Philadelphia's picked by two and a half. I'm going San Francisco, winning this football game close on a late field goal, 23 to 20, and they march on to the Super Bowl. The AFC title game, 
the Chiefs and Bengals. It's a rematch of last year's AFC Championship game. These two teams know each other well. This is maybe the brand new rivalry in the AFC. It's not Bills Chiefs. I'm sorry. The Chiefs have dominated that. The Bengals have beaten the Chiefs when it matters most. The Bills are irrelevant compared to these two teams right now. And I am going to pick the Chiefs at home in a revenge game. I think Patrick Mahomes, I know he's hobbling. I know he's not right right now. But he'll find a way to be in the lineup. He'll probably be 60 to 70%. But something tells me that the revenge factor is in it. And here's the big difference in the game. The Kansas City Chiefs, when Patrick Mahomes has been out at other times, and certainly against the Jaguars, they have figured out a way to beat you in other areas. And I've been mentioning this to people with the whole Josh Allen thing. I don't think Josh Allen is quite Joe Burrow and quite Patrick Mahomes. Those are one 1A or one double A, and then Allen's right behind him, right? Still a top three quarterback in the NFL, still pretty good company. But he's just not quite up to Burrow, quite up to Mahomes. Uh, he was going into this year, uh, certainly. But again, look at the factors for him, right? He loses Brian Dable. Um, you know, he, he, he's, he's got, you know, receivers are dropping the ball left and right. He doesn't have a ground game. So for as much as the quarterback position is the most important position in the NFL and in sports, you also, it doesn't matter if you get a combination of Joe Montana, John Elway, Bart Starr, Otto Graham, and Tom Brady, um, and Patrick Mahomes. It doesn't matter if you get a combination of that if the rest of your team is really in shambles and, you know, getting killed at the, at the line and the defensive line can't get, you know, can't get pressure and all this stuff, which is what happened to the Bills. You know, they couldn't run the ball. Um, you know, stupidity, bad coaching, all that stuff. Well, what the Chiefs have done is when Mahomes is dinged up, they have found ways to win. Again, really solid backup in Chad Henney, knows the system. He hands the ball off. Pacheco and company, they've got a really good running game to lean on uh, more. Uh, they've got uh, uh, unbelievable dynamic play callers in Biennemi and Andy Reid where they can kind of you know use movement and shifts and all the rest and get Hardman more involved, get Sky more involved. Um, you get get those receivers, Juju Smith and Valdez Scantling and Tony. Um, they don't have a, a really crazy, amazing wide receiver core, but they have uh, obviously a solid one. And then Travis Kelsey at tight end basically is a tight end and a wide receiver. He's an absolute man-child, and he's unstoppable. He's always open. Sometimes it's because the defense is falling, you know, just – not playing the way they should, uh, or it's Kelsey just getting open because he's that good. But the difference in this game for me is going to be that this the Kansas City Chiefs defense, that during this run that they've been on, where they've gone to multiple Super Bowls and now in their fifth straight AFC title game, the defense gets better from about week 9 or 10 to the end of the year. And you are seeing guys like Frank Clark dominate the line of scrimmage. Chris Jones, stuff the run, get to the quarterback. Joe Burrow gets it out really fast. But I think the Chiefs, with some of this confidence and this moxie that they're playing with on defense, I'm going to pick the Kansas City Chiefs to win this game. Revenge game. I think the safeties come up big. I think the corners come up big. Um, they need a lot more out of the Trent McDuffies and the Sneeds and company in terms of the corners. They need a lot more out of the safeties. I think it's going to come down to the turnover battle. I think it's going to come down to the Chiefs' defense slowing down a little bit of the Bengals' offense, um, you know, and then it's going to come down to red zone efficiency and 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 all the other things that playoff games are all about. But I'm going to take the Kansas City Chiefs, thirty to twenty-seven, in a barn burner at Arrowhead to advance to Super Bowl Fifty-seven. And um, you know, these games should obviously be be fantastic. So, 49ers, Eagles, Bengals, Chiefs. Congrats to all four teams. They all deserve to be there. Those are the four best teams in the NFL 
playing on Conference Championship Sunday. Mike Lindsley with you here. It's an ML Sports Platter edition. Thanks for listening and, of course, following on all the social platforms. Make sure you hit me on Twitter, at Mike L Sports, and subscribe to my YouTube channel, Mike L Sports. We are brought to you by Stumble and Monkey Brewing Company, our good friends at Barks and Rec Doggy Daycare, Jam and Beats, Burton Ace Hardware, and Chick-fil-A of Cicero and Clay. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner at Chick-fil-A. They've got the burrito bowls. They've got the amazing breakfast sandwiches in the morning, the fresh fruit basically all day long. And, hey, chicken travels well, right? So you can get the tenders, the nuggets, the fries, the mac and cheese. Their salads are impeccable. I mean, the salads there are absolutely positively one of the best things that you can get. Um, my wife and I have been uh, really hooked on them lately, so get on over to Chick-fil-A. Uh, of Cicero and Clay, and you can visit them online as well. Uh, they will cater your lunch, they'll cater your event, and they have amazing careers as well. If you're here to serve and you want to join a great a group of people and work for Chick-fil-A, uh, they've got that as well, so you can apply for jobs. Leave the cooking to Chick-fil-A. The options are truly endless. Visit them online at cfasite.com slash clay. That's cfasite.com slash clay. As I always tell you, Enjoy the games. Before sunrise, Burn Dairy and Deli is preparing to fuel your day with hot coffee, donuts, muffins, breakfast sandwiches, and other morning staples. For lunch, grab a giant deli sandwich made the way you like it. Pizza, wings, wraps, or a fresh salad. Plus, something to wash it down. Then pick up dinner or a sweet treat and other pantry essentials. Now you can get your Burn Dairy and Deli favorites delivered with DoorDash. All day, every day, you can count on Burn Dairy and Deli. It's all good. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.